You're listening to And what is poppin' everybody? You are listening to the Good Pop Culture Club episode 168. My name is Marvin Yura and join me as always to talk about all the good pop that gets us through our days. We've got the once and future professional Asian American, just you. What's up? We are three weeks away. Four weeks away? <laughs> well, I'm three weeks oh, away from 34 my trip. days. You are yeah. one month away from month away. your Italian wedding that we will all be attending and very excited about. But uh Yes. Yeah. How are you doing? I have a countdown call. I have a countdown clock that like mm. a um family friend gave to me. It's very sweet, but like man, when when it hit when it goes down and I'm just looking at them like mm. and then like you know when I want to eat that cookie and I look at the clock I'm like mm. I mean, but you're already Mrs. Ray Ray though. Yes, yeah, so you're legally married, which would highly recommend to do the legal stuff ahead mm-hmm. of time. We've technically been married for like Four four months now. Um, yeah, pretty chill. We both have independent insurance. It's Um. we're working on that. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I'm hoping like I'm hoping for like a nice tax break come fiscal year twenty twenty three. Um, we 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 are looking for an accountant uh, to really like maximize those because you know I went essentially went freelance this year. So we, we should talk, Marvin. I know yeah. well, if you have, I don't know if you got any. So on my end, Rex. because my wife works for the government, um, our accountant actually recommended that we file se- separately because mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but government employees get taxed at the highest tax bracket regardless <gasps> because they don't pay into Social Security because they're all on pension. Never work for the man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but their benefits are way better. Yeah. They have like, um, but. Uh, but the downside being that my wife cannot move out of our jurisdiction. So oh. even if we want to go move to like Seattle or somewhere nicer, um, we're stuck in L.A. You, you which... could be stuck in worse places, though. <laughs> L.A. counties. I mean, I've been to other places. They're not great. Came back to L.A. Having a good time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's I feel like it's a very like adult conversation of like, please refer me to you. Any great tax accountants you know i've been asking around oh yeah and i was like this is like some of my friends who like i used to ask like oh what bars should we go to what are you drinking and i was like do you have a tax accountant that you would recommend that specializes in arts freelance i have a guy um, you have to go to like torrents so if that's, that's cool not that you. bad like yeah yeah we'll talk we'll talk <laughs> but like between that and i washed my whole bed this weekend Whoa. over mm-hmm. labor day weekend that was my holiday and it was like so like i washed everything like even the mattress cover mm, wow you know the one that's like zipped mm-hmm, totally mm-hmm. that comes with the mattress we washed everything wow and i'm just like wow like this is adulthood guys yeah we flipped our mattress too did you, oh, did, you did you guys you know you're supposed to like flip i know your, that, rotate your mattress and yet i don't <laughs> so i well, don't know if it makes that big a difference um but you know uh, maybe that's more of like a anachronism from spring mattress, like spring box mm. mattresses, but we have a foam mattress. Probably, like- yeah. We have a hybrid, but um, our mattress is also less than a year old, so I think we're okay so far. I, I, I heard you're supposed to like flip it every six months or like a oh, year. Yeah. Our mattress is so heavy, though. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we do. there is a certain amount of wear and tear when you sleep the same way because I've worn through two sets of sheets. Um, before 
just me solo doing nothing just sleeping sounds um, like you need better sheets uh there's only certain sheets i like like i just bought a set and i don't like them and i'm just like Fuck. <laughs> um because they need to be cotton and very cool mm. um so these are just like uh, that's true i also run very hot so i, I, yes, I, I, I get what you're putting more. down um yes same I, I would recommend if you, if you like it, try, look at look at some linen because that sits further. That sits crisper on the body. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, it, they both are natural fibers, so that's why. Yes. I was like, yes. I, See, my problem how's, how's, how's not possible? the flex, but we have a king size bed, and king size <laughs> sheets are kind of pricey. I They're did not realize expensive. there's like a economy to scale thing going with like yes. adding certain square footage means adding doubling the price of your sheets. At least you're not. A that's California what you get for game. being a. Ta- no, that's yes. what you get for being a tall boy, Marvin. <laughs> yes, you kind of need the king. I do. I do. Yes. Yes. Imagine if you ever got like pets too. Like you would have to upgrade, <laughs> I think, to the California king if you got like a dog or something. Yeah. No, I, I like. I like. No. No, our dogs would not be allowed on the bed. Oh, Christine, oh, my, my wife. You would always not allow say. Us. I don't that's know how people say. do that. <laughs> huh. We've gone long enough before introducing um, our other co-host, um, the most professional culture editors, Han Win. Hey, 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 Han. <laughs> how how was your? How have you been? Are you are you excited for our upcoming joint um, Europe trip? I guess we're we're meeting up in Florence, right? But where else are yeah. you? Where, where else are you going? I'm 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 doing Barcelona also, uh, mm. bookending it, and um, we'll see if I can also extend my trip a little bit um but yeah for right now that's that's the plan and i'm also plenty happy with that i would be happy just wandering both of those cities um and not planning anything but i am actually going to try to plan at least one or two things um in each place um just have a little bit of structure um yeah but yeah i'm, I'm kind of looking forward to being there in the fall hopefully it's nice and cool um i just want to eat a bunch of seafood Really. Yes, and I'm also going to Barcelona for a honeymoon, so I will give you some oh, <laughs> research nice. I've done. And I know nice. Marvin will be there before, so he should yeah. also pass along any recommendations that he yeah. has. Yeah. I, I feel like other than maybe a day trip to Montserrat, um, those are the main things that I was like looking at. Um, but I don't know <laughs> if I need to see. I don't know if I need to see like a church or anything. It's but not as much anyway, seeing the yeah. church as much as climbing up a church and seeing everything else from the church is <laughs> that see. I'm excited about. Um, but those stairways I hear are very narrow, and I'm I'm a big big boy, so I don't know if. Uh, that... Oh yeah, yeah. Are you guys doing the the dome climb? That that's pretty. That can be pretty gnarly. I think it's worth it. Um, mm. if not if nothing else, just to see like the paintings up close. Um, it's kind of like freeway signs. You don't realize how large like a freeway sign is until you're like standing on a pedestrian bridge overlooking a freeway you're like oh my god these signs like these letters are like three feet tall same Mm. thing you're like oh this demon Mm. painting is like like 12 feet tall this is kind of creepy but very cool um and and yes it is an arch because it's a dome right so Mm -hmm. you kind of are yeah kind of configured in a weird way as you're climbing up creepy <laughs> it's so cool i like this like weird shit though so i'm just like yeah it's- um and then you can what i would recommend is if you've never read the dan brown novel inferno to read inferno while you are in florence i was gonna say in, in florence living out your best dan follow- brown fantasies. yeah 
that's what I did my first time there. I didn't plan it. I just happened to be reading the book at the time I was there. And then I was like, oh, I can literally just walk the same path that um, Robert Langdon is in this mm-hmm. book. And like that took me to some pretty interesting little places. And I was like, okay, this is fun. How was it that we got three National Treasure movies, but only one Da Vinci Code? Right? Or was was there another one? Uh, there was sure. no. There's been three. There's one. There's the one with um different. We, we got the one Angels and Demons with Obi Wan right. Kenobi. Right, right, right. And then we did get Infer. We got the Inferno one that's set in with Felicity Jones. I, I know them from the lady in each yes. one. The <laughs> yeah. Um, you know who are be- always too young for <laughs> Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. You know. That's on me for not following the the the, the legendary um, cryptographer. What was he like? Yeah. He's like a yes. He <laughs> yes. is a cryptographer. Yes. Uh, um, but no, there are, there have been three Tom Hanks, Ron Howard, Da Vinci Code movies. Um, not all of them are great, but they're fun. I stand. And corrected. I would. I would. Yeah, I would re- I would recommend them. Um, again, you can you can kind of and I think the one of the books, the next books after that is set in Barcelona. So you know you oh. can he's got your bases covered. You can oh, read funny. a you can read a Tom what's his name Tom Hanks. Dan Brown book <laughs> Dan Brown in like every major European city at this point. I mean, we'll see. I I, I really didn't like. Da Vinci Code at all, <laughs> and so I haven't read anything beyond that. Um, yeah, I suffered through that. But, uh... <laughs> well, contrary to the first like ten minutes of this podcast, we're not here <laughs> to talk about Dan Brown or the Robert Lundum 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 Landon Landon. Landon. <laughs> I'm thinking of the uh, Born Supremacy author, mm. <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, we are here to talk about mm-hmm. Bottoms, the new. Um, I guess high school sex comedy that <laughs> is taking theaters by storm. And man, what an absolutely unhinged movie. I'm excited to talk to you, <laughs> you two about this. Um, but before we get to that, let's find out what pop culture is speaking us through this week. Um, let's start with Jess. What's popping? I had a busy Labor Day weekend, as I mentioned earlier. Cleaned my room, um, washed my bed. But uh, one of those things we did is me and my in-laws the whole family went to see return of the jedi Mm -hmm. live at the hollywood bowl with a live orchestra um my father-in-law was a very large star wars fan and we all had costumes on which was very fun i finally got to fulfill my dreams of being an x-wing pilot let me tell you when you don't have the little white bib on you just look like a convict because it (laughs) is just an orange jumpsuit and uh, walking up the Hollywood Hills, because we had to park a little bit further away, in a orange jumpsuit, I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep this bib on. Not that I think I am the demographic uh, to be in danger, you know, walking around in an orange jumpsuit. But yeah, um, was, you know, I, I've seen Return of the Jedi before, but I fell asleep <laughs> in some parts because I think when the Ewoks come in. <laughs> Yeah. And they think that C3PO is a god. I, I yes. did not catch that the first time. Oh. I was like, this part, I was like, what part of the movie is this? He, and then my husband was like, you fell asleep last time. I was like, oh, 
Got it. I get it. Why? It's slow. I I don't think this is quite necessary, but uh, you know, Return of the weird. Jedi. Yeah, it's like very weird, a little racially charged. Um, and speaking of racially charged, I do think Return of the Jedi is the most Asian coded because, mm. you know, Ewoks, Filipino coded. Uh, Mon <laughs> Calamari, Filipino coded. The guy who is hanging out with Lando in the ship on the last attack. Filipino coded. Um, and I do believe the Ewoks were played by like, or like the speaking Tagalog, if I, if I heard correctly. So I was just like, wow, okay. Like, love an Ewok. Don't get me wrong. I think they're fucking cute. Um, justice for the one Ewok that dies in the attack. That's <laughs> like literally, I, 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 I tear up every time because that's just so fucked up. Like, they didn't want this war to come to their fucking planet moon. Um, but yeah, it was a great time. It rained. Oh, but you know, that kind of added to the ambiance and, you know, Star Wars, the old Star Wars is just, and I mean this as a compliment. It's just so silly. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so silly. It's so fun. Like you have little Yoda being like, Luke, and then like, like I'm gonna die instead of answer your questions. And you have, you know, like, Han Solo get some really great zingers in there. It's just like really, I feel like this the movie didn't take itself too seriously, and I feel like the reboot, the new, the, all the reboots, all the sequel trilogies. I was like, you know, it it was so serious, like so serious, and I get the charms of the first one. I think you know, it was just it was just a fun time, and you know, we ate and we took pictures and. And I had a great time and I'm very excited for the next one. I, they typically do this Hollywood bowl, the LA Philharmonic who mm. runs essentially the Hollywood bowl, like orchestra series. Uh, they do star Wars every year, a star Wars movie every year. And they do a Harry Potter movie every year. Mm-hmm. Only one of those properties actively says, don't fuck with fascists anymore. <laughs> So I'm very excited for the next Harry Potter. Next, not next Harry Potter. The next Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, I don't watch a Harry yeah, Potter. Call ones me up when you can find a Fuck you, Joanne. Call me up when you find a minutes because I do. I wonder if they're just gonna restart the, the original three. Live. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm wondering if they're gonna do like any of the other sequels uh, or any of the other trilogies. Because mm. you know what, um, I still have not watched either Revenge of the Sith or um, what other Skywalker one, Rise of Skywalker. Maybe this oh. will be the way that I watch those two movies. If they do it. Yeah. Love good Star Wars. I have not started Ahsoka yet. Neither but... have I. And I keep green lighting stories. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I just I'm pretend like, do I know. I need to I start. Just... Can someone tell me if it's good or not first? That, I need to check it out. Yeah. yeah I... Like, I think, yeah. Because, like, definitely Andor has ruined a lot of Star Wars, mm-hmm. like modern Star Wars for me. Because we've seen how good it can be. Yeah, and now I a don't know if of, I can go back to Filoni, Filoni Star Wars. Yeah, because like Obi Wan wasn't good, Book of Boba Fett wasn't good, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean Filoni's all right, but you usually are expecting something different because he's usually animated. So yeah, but Filoni's too much of a fanboy. I think I feel like he, he I, I, I feel like he cares more about like telling new stories than like say a JJ, mm-hmm. but he's still like very much in that. Like I need to satisfy the fanboys. Mode yeah. that we shall see. You know, huh, we shall yeah, see. Yeah, I'm not in a rush. <laughs> I need to watch One Piece first. 
Yeah. All right. Han, besides One Piece, Han, what's popping with you? So I watched a an English language docu-series. Ooh, um, whoa. Right? Weird. I mean, look, I also watch a Japanese reality <laughs> dating show, but um, I'm going to tell you about the English language thing. So this is a four-part docu-series. I've only watched the first two parts, but I'm going to finish it soon. Uh, it's called Live to 100, Secrets of the Blue Zones. Um, that is on Netflix. Basically, the Blue Zones are where um, people tend to live really long lives. So this guy um, goes around and kind of like researches and figures out like, what are some of the commonalities? What are their secrets? It's not just eating a purple sweet potato. It is many other things. Um, and uh, so Okinawa, there's a place, is it Sardinia? There's actually a place in America. Weird. But you have to be a Seventh-day Adventist. Um, so he kind of breaks down all the things that kind of contribute because it is multiple things. And um, I'm doing almost everything wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. except for my diet's not too bad and I'm active. So, you know, I'm doing the physical things. Okay. But I'm doing other things very wrong. Like I'm not spiritual or religious. Um, I don't have community around me. I'm living alone with two cats. Um, I'm not volunteering yet. I need us. So it's like, there's basically like, get out of your head, get out of your house on. So, um, situation going on and go, Go vegetarian. Like, I think I can do pescatarian, but I don't know about vegetarian. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's just kind of interesting. And it also makes me think about like, well, if I want my mom to live longer, I need to make sure I give her some of these things and stuff like that, too. So it's 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 a light um, show. It's very positive. Um, breaks things down pretty easily. So um, I'm waiting to see like the, what the last two episodes are because i think the last one is about the future of blue zones or something like that so maybe like what what does our future look like and what how can we do this so um but yes be oh the number one thing that some of them are saying is don't get don't worry too much and don't get angry and i was like fuck oh (laughs) so Mm. do i need to be dead like what's the deal (laughs) i feel Um, like a lot that just don't live in cities and don't care about careers right just like live live out in the countryside with a farm self-sustaining just like yeah and i kind of get that (laughs) like i i know that the job i have is actually very stressful so i'm kind of looking to see if if i can distance myself from it um i've done it long enough it's fine (laughs) but uh yeah so i mean i've been thinking about along the lines of some of these things already i don't think i could quit a city completely (laughs) um but maybe have access to a city yeah like I wouldn't mind living in a lighthouse. Anyway. Also probably like, don't plan a wedding, right, Jess? Yeah. Don't plan a wedding and like don't participate in like extreme capitalism. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So there's there's stuff like that where you if you're kind of sufficient, you have a community around you that uh, is supporting you, you support them. There's a lot of this that just is common sense in a way, like just be a better human. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm failing at that. Or so. just have lots and Which, lots of money. I mean, there's a reason why all these rich people are live forever, right? I'm Well, I'm also working on a theory, which is like, you know, the pettiest bitches live the longest because the hate preserves your insides. <laughs> um, and because, you know, the good ones always go first, right? Um, so that that's a, I don't have a name for that specific theory yet, but I feel like in like in Asian cultures, you know, like your mean grandma always lives longer, right? <laughs> So, patent pending. I think isn't, this is isn't the next that just series. objectivism? Isn't that just Anne Ryan bullshit? <laughs> just don't care about anybody else but yourself. 
I mean, I can see that because then that would mean no worry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it's not enough to like not care about other people. Like you must also just like do somehow whatever. like like spew make everyone's people like everyone's life worse somehow. <laughs> like it must it must be imbued to other people. Like you must spread that hatred around. I mean, look at Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> somehow he survived. That's somehow. Yeah. Somehow he somehow returned. Somehow he survived. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't just terrible storytelling. It was just his pettiness. Yeah. He was like, I'm <laughs> rotten from the inside out. You can't kill something that's already dead. Mm. So there you go. Yeah. Star Wars lessons <laughs> in longevity. Be a Jedi, first of all. Don't um, be a Jedi. No, Those they're so they're, oh, they're so bad <laughs> the as an organization. <laughs> yeah. Just from like an operation standpoint, me and Marvin have talked about this. Like, no, they're really bad at running their organization. Also, their dogma is really bad. They kind of allow yeah. fascism to take root right under their nose. It's it's a whole thing. Jedi. It's not great. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Luke was funny. right. The Jedi deserve to yeah. die. Uh, anyway, so that's me. Uh, Marvin, what's popping with you? Yeah, I've also been watching One Piece and I've been really digging it. But um, we're going to save that conversation because um, we've decided to uh, we're probably going to be talking about One Piece, um, if not next week, the week after. Um, but been really enjoying the adaptation. I feel like it feels very similar tone wise to Cowboy Bebop. But in this case, because it's One Piece, the goofy tone actually fits and enhances the experience. So, you know, it's a wonder what having a showrunner who actually enjoys and likes the thing he's adapting can do to a to a property instead of a team that seems to be embarrassed by what they're they're working on. So, um, yeah, excited about that. But other than that, I've just been playing Armored Core Six some more, the, the <laughs> game that I talked about last week. Yeah. And just last week, you asked me whether or not I would be a mech pilot, and mm. let me tell you, no, because I don't think <laughs> I'm that good at it. Um, I can't, mm, like no. I've been so. Mm. Like I mentioned, the game is really hard. Like from software, the developer is well known for making games that require a lot of skill and technique and strategy in order to be good at. And so um, I think I mentioned last time that this game is infamous for having a really tough first chapter boss. And I got to that boss uh, after we talked last week. And then I must have died at least 15 times fighting this guy. Um, and to be quite honest, like half of those times was because while I wouldn't say I'm like, terrible at this game sometimes in the heat of battle i do panic a little bit and i might accidentally click in the left stick and accidentally boost perhaps into an oncoming missile or laser and i can't tell you how many times i had a really great run and all of a sudden i would um, make a mistake and take a ton of damage Mm, yeah you can't do that in real life I am still having a lot of fun, and the story has been really interesting so far. It is the kind of stuff that I really enjoy, which is like a space noir. Um, you know, you're a mercenary pilot um, doing odd jobs for corporations who are trying to exploit mm-hmm. this planet. And you know, it is kind of funny that you um, you're sent on missions for rival companies um, one after the other, and it doesn't matter because you're just a tool. You're a mercenary um, there to do jobs for um, bigger powers, and um, you know. You just got to make a living because it's space capitalism. Damn. Damn. <laughs> you find this enjoyable, Marvin? I mean, piloting mechs is still pretty awesome. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> is there like, a, do you think there's like a fun way to pilot a mech that doesn't involve war? Like you're piloting a mech to like cure cancer or to like plant trees? Yeah. Like is is there a version 
where I wouldn't you're... mind playing Stardew Valley with a mech. And that'd be pretty Ooh. awesome, actually. Someone should make that. Yeah, like, like you just have like a little tractor friend that you <laughs> control. Yeah, that shoots missiles for some reason. <laughs> you know, what reminds I me. I guess there's when... only one reason to shoot a missile. <laughs> I mean, it reminds me of when I used to play like games like Privateer, which is like a Wing Commander um, spinoff, where you get you play like a, a again like a freelance mercenary out in space, but you can just play as a, a merchant and just like you know buy low, sell high. So I buy oil from the oil planet and sell it at the farm planet that needs the oil i just want to be a space trucker i think that's like my most like ideal game is just let space me be a space trucker, trucker. Just so, so you want to live in futurama's across. universe you just want to be a delivery boy in space yeah i think it'd be awesome that sounds fun yeah, yeah. put on some music pilot ship worry about birth costs and fuel and how to make you know payments on my space truck living under space capitalism but being a trucker, that sounds great. Whatever makes you brings you joy, my <laughs> dude. <laughs> I mean, I, th- that does sound preferable to being like a child soldier forced to pilot a mech from, you know, after attending like a fascist academy, <laughs> which is like your usual fare. Well, at least this time I'm not a child soldier um, in this game. I'm a um, disembodied mercenary um, trying to, um, living in indentured ser- Living in like cybernetic indentured servitude, which I don't know if that's better or not, but um, yeah, digging it still. Um, really looking forward to playing more of it. Um, right now, I'm stuck grinding for money because uh, so the game is actually pretty generous in this checkpointing. Like if you die on a boss, it doesn't start you at the beginning of the level like older Armor Core games. You start right at the encounter and it gives you the option to change up your loadout. Um, but the catch is you can only change up your loadout using parts you've already bought so right now i'm replaying old missions to make more money so i can just buy everything in the shop so i have all the tools at my disposal i agree that's how i play strategy games the best defense is offense yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just use some bombs yeah that was actually the solution to the first boss which was it came to a point where I was like, you know, I'm not a good enough pilot to, to dodge all of your missiles and lasers. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to build the heaviest mech possible and just brute force this. And so I built a mech with the heaviest armor, the biggest guns, and just like turned this battle of skill into a war of attrition. And, you know, I pulled through barely. Thank God you are not a world leader. But yes, <laughs> good strategy. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll probably keep playing this game for the next week. So I'll check back in on my on my status of like banging my head against this game um, and having fun. It is fun. Just to be clear, I'm having a great time um, <laughs> dying over and over. All right. Well, that's what's popping for this week. Uh, we take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking about bottoms. Stick around. I'm Charlene Kay. I'm a musician, songwriter, and guitarist. Growing up, I loved music. Whether it was pop, acoustic, emo, I ate it all up. But as a Chinese-American kid living in Scottsdale, Arizona, I also felt isolated, never really seeing artists who looked like me or shared my experiences. So after years of performing on stages all over the world, I wanted to create a space to highlight the amazing Asian musicians who I knew were out there, just not always getting played on the radio. 
That's why I started Golden Hour, a podcast where Asian singers, songwriters, instrumentalists, and music producers share their personal stories. And it's a space for you to discover your new favorite artist. Listen to Golden Hour with me, Charlene Kay, wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Hey, Ryan, what's black and white and red all over? I don't know, Robin. Two nuns having a chainsaw fight? Dude, inappropriate. Come on, man. This is supposed to be a podcast promo for our secret underground podcast, Quarantine Comics. Oh, yes. Quarantine Comics. The weekly comic book club where I, ace reporter Ryan Joe, and I, mild-mannered Robin Sutton, team up to discuss some of comics' greatest works. Or just some really cool comics that we've been wanting to read. From Alan Moore to Uzumaki. From Arrakis to Zendaya. From Adrian Tomine to Jean Luniang. You might not have heard of half the stuff that we're reading. Or the other half is just pop culture superhero stuff. They could just read the books with us, right? Yes, they could do that, but you could also just send us money. No, Ryan, that's not how passion podcast projects work. Why in the hell are we even doing this? Uh, I'm sure we'll be back by next week's episode. <clears throat> so, tune in each week to Quarantine Comics. That's qtdcomics.com. Set phasers to fun. Welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. For this episode, we're discussing Bottoms, the new teen sex comedy directed by Emma Seligman, co-written and starring Rachel Sanat, along with Ayo Edaberry, Ruby Cruz, Havana Rose Liu, Kaya Gerber, Nicholas Galitzin, Miles Fowler, and Marshawn Lynch. Um, and his, is this his acting <laughs> debut or is this like... He's no, he's before, done right? random... Um, he's done like small roles here or there. This is... I mean, he was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was in that improv show with Will Arnett. So yeah. he's just been having a good time. He's actually very funny. That's, so he's, he's, yeah. And excuse me, Cal Bear alum, Marshawn Lynch. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. We love him. Yeah. Go Bears. He was on actually the um, the first episode of Celebrity uh, American Bake Off, if you haven't watched him yet. He's, uh, he's great in that. Also hilarious in that. Him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have not watched it. I still need to. Um, the film follows two high school senior girls, uh, played by Rachel Sennett and Ayo Adibiri, um, who set up a fight club for girls in order to hook up with cheerleaders. <laughs> what a setup. Um, yes. I guess let's get into it. What did we think of Bottoms? So I knew that was the plot summary, but nothing could quite prepare me for what I watched. Um, I was not expecting that, but once I realized what, you know, what the, once I kind of sussed out what the deal was, I'm like, this is great. Um, I'm having a really good time. I feel like it's in that vein of teen movies. I wouldn't call this a sex comedy, though. There's not enough sex for it to be a sex comedy. But I will say, I think teen movies, good teen movies, teen movies that like affect culture and I think become cult classics should kind of be a little out there. If you like tonally, like if you watch 10 things I hate about you or um, she's um, yeah. 10 things I hate about you, even mean girls for its day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were all kind of out there tonally and kind of pushing humor tone, like tonally um, especially for female led projects. And I think Bottoms is in that grand tradition, but because I am now older, it seems so much even more weird to me, but I kind of <laughs> fucking loved it. I loved it. Um, I thought it was so bizarre. 
Um, but it's so different than anything that's out there. And I think it has a really amazing cast that like landed all the weird choices that, or, or most, you know, like 99% of the weird choices that this movie made. So I had a great time. 90 minute movie. What more can you want? Uh, yeah, I agree. After watching this, I was kind of, I was telling everyone, I was like, uh, we need to cover this for our next episode because I loved it so much. Um, it is, as Jess was saying, there are lines crossed that you don't expect, even if you think you know what you're getting. We know the plot. I have even seen Rachel Senna and Io together doing their thing. And they're always a little odd, um, but they're always funny. And yet I still wasn't prepared <clears throat> for what, what we got. So um, it was kind of a great combination of really smart comedy um, but also dumb comedy and I don't exactly know how they balanced it. It's so good um, and yeah the performances were great. Just everything it's quotable. It's There's so many memorable moments. I want to see it again. Yeah I mean I mentioned this at the top of the show but this, this movie was just so unhinged like it was just like I think the film that I like think has probably the most shares the most DNA with the story, at least, the plot is super bad, right? It's a, just a story about two teens who just want to hook up and come up with a, a scheme to, like, you know, hook up with the girls that they like. Except, like, after watching this film, like, Judd Apatow is a coward because this film went all the way. Like, they made the most high school, like, horny comedy imaginable and they starred lesbians in it. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's also poking, very self-aware, it's poking fun at those movies, right? Um, and, and, but it is through, you know, in the summer of in the year of Barbie, you know, uh, when we have women at the helm and writing these things like some of those jokes and some of the con, you know, the perspective, some of these characters like it's the for we know the formula works, but because it's by it's about a group of folks that don't necessarily get to be the main characters all the time. Uh, which in this case is a bunch of gay women um, who are not hated because they're gay, but because they're untalented and they suck. Um, you know, the movie is very clear to point out. They're also like, you know, you know, the, obviously these characters are in their in high school. So they're also like it is very just kind of naturally just like a, it's like a high school comedy of them trying to lose their virginity, <laughs> which, again, is also very, you know, formulaic and we know it works it's a trope that we like yeah. in movies um yeah and i do like that you know it doesn't like not to say that ao and rachel aren't like good looking people but they like very purposely made them like not conventionally attractive because like so many of these like stories um even the ones that star women like the main characters are all like you know even if the movie says they're not good looking, they're good looking people, right? Like movies like Mean Girls and which was the one that was like Scarlet Letter, but like starring Emma Stone. Easy oh, A. Easy A. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I we actually wrote a story about this, which was like the reclamation of the word ugly, because uh, not only do they self-describe themselves as ugly, untalented gays, but even over the PA system. They're like, well, the ugly and untalented gays and they just get up because they know that's them. And so you're right. They're not prettied up. Um, they're uh, they're allowed to have their hair in disarray. They definitely don't, you know, dark circles are part of the the, the makeup here. Um, and they're also ugly people when it comes to kind of how they act sometimes because there's definitely some 
not even morally gray things, but kind of morally dark things that they do that are not great. Um, so I think I, I really enjoyed the fact that they embraced that they were not these perfect or even um, heroic type of people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were talking about how we were kind of tired of watching movies about terrible people. But after watching this film, like maybe we do like movies about terrible people. No, I'm tired of watching terrible. about terrible men, Marvin. Yeah, <laughs> terrible yes. men. Please. Um, but no, I think Rachel Sinote's character especially is like in the vein of like the douchey sex obsessed like bro. But, you know, it is very funny when it's on a body, a person, an actor like Rachel Sinote. Like it's it's again, it's a character that we know works, um, but in a new way. Um, and like, you know, it's it's just oddly funny that, you know, these they're two like unpopular virgins and they're like complaining like oh no only like six is signed up for <laughs> our uh our club yeah and um and, and you know they're kind of you know they poke out the they they all the movie pokes fun at you know feminism using feminism or like the language of feminism for like you know their own gain yeah um which is really funny. And every time like Marshawn Lynch like comes up and like starts talking <laughs> about why feminism is terrible. Like I'm just laughing. Um, and again, it just, I think it also helps that, you know, this is a movie about young people that is probably made by the youngest creative team that has power in, mm -hmm. to make a movie like this at this level, because usually it's 40 something year olds making like, like a 40 year old film filmmaker is considered young. I think mm -hmm. this team is like all in their mid to late twenties. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And you can tell, like mm -hmm. you can tell so because good. again, the tone, the story, this, this movie feels like it was made by people who are chronically online mm -hmm. and it works for the story they're trying to tell for this generation. Um, so it's, yeah, I thought it was just, it's a great, I think, addition to the teen pantheon because nothing's sadder than a teen movie that doesn't get it right, right? Like a teen movie made by a bunch of old people that totally misses how teens think, act, talk, look, feel. Um, so I think this is like pretty... Yeah. This is the one I've watched most recently that I think is like pretty, pretty great. Yeah, this is definitely the film that like the next generation of college kids will be playing in their like in their rooms mm -hmm. for their friends yeah. while drinking. <laughs> Yeah, I'll over call. and over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think the sort of similarly, like the the other thing that I came out of this thinking was like, this is way more feminist than Barbie was. <laughs> or at least that's what I got out of it. I'm not saying that the, they didn't both try to do different things, but I felt like this one hit it better for me. Um, yeah, this one's definitely more overt and showing kind of like how feminist messages can also be co-opted by like... Yes, selfish. by women. Yeah. Yeah, and sort of a, a random thing, but I was going to note that Nicholas Galitzine, I'm not sure how to say his name, um, is having a good couple months because, you know, he was the star of Red, White, and Royal Blue, which was blew up on Amazon Prime oh, Video. Oh, that's where he's from. But, and okay, here, and here's you. the thing. All the people who love that were laughing because... He's now in Bottoms, and they're like, oh, he's a bottom in the other movie. And I was just like, oh, God, we went there. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, th they're all loving it. Um, yes, that's exactly where he's from, but he plays American in this movie, and he pl he's actually British, and so he plays British in the other one. He's a Prince Henry. He did do a very good, like, 
fragile. He was such a he. Yes, the performances and the characterizations are so good because he was so annoying and yet he was so entertaining as that jock character who could not like yeah yeah, could not take no just Jeff. Just Jeff. Jeff. Just Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> I did love the supporting cast as well. Um, Ruby Cruz, who I think most mm-hmm. recently I saw her in, her in Willow. She plays Val Kilmer's yes. Mad Mardigan's daughter, which, you know, she does kind of have like that mm-hmm. Val Kilmer face shape, right? Yeah. Um, and then Kaya Gerber and Havana Rose Liu as like the objects of um, the main character's um I keep wanting to say Sydney, but that's not her name in this in this movie. No, that's the, that's on the bear. <laughs> that's the bear. Um, I know Josie. Rachel plays PJ. Josie, Josie, right? Josie and PJ, um, yeah. And like Havana Rose Lou did a really good job playing the love interest. And yeah, a fun fact that I learned is she is actually the daughter of the founders of the Knot. Speaking yep. of wedding culture, yes. I heard that too. I yes. I found that out in my shitty internet research. Yep. Um. So, and you know, s- surprise! Like great performance, and Kaya Gerber, yeah, really, really funny as you know the hot best friend. Because you know, it maybe this is maybe that was like maybe that's wrong of me, but you know, Kaya Gerber is in my world because I'm older. Is famous for being famous mm-hmm. uh, well, and famous for dating <laughs> Nepo baby for the like, whole like snafu with the Vanessa Hudgens Austin Butler yeah, yeah. thing. Um, she's very, very she's funny good. in this role. Like great deadpan. Deadpan can get very mm-hmm. uh, boring really fast and very not funny mm-hmm. on the get go. And she was just absolutely great. Some really great lines and like really, you know, everyone I feel like just really got into some of those action. Those action sequences were great. I love the <laughs> montage where they're all learning to fight, quote unquote, fight in the gym. Um, and that was just really fun. It's just such a fucking weird movie. Yeah. Like genre wise, tone wise, plot wise. Um, but somehow it's all just like very enjoyable. Yeah. What did you guys think about the, I guess, I don't know if it's the tone or like the cadence, but, or maybe just the world, right? Everything in this, in this film is super heightened. And I think for me, I had to like, it took me a while like, I was struggling against it for a while, but like I had to just let go and say, this is not the real world. This film does not take place in, like, yes. the real world. This film takes place in, like, a cartoon world where everything that they're showing is, like, normalized, yeah, right? You, you, in general, um, think you know what you're getting into because it looks like our world. Um, but if by the time you get to the fight club and they're starting to actually draw blood, um, you need to start suspending disbelief because this will carry you throughout the film. Um, and you need to have that because it gets weirder and weirder. I in mean, places. not even that. I mean, the, the part where the football team shows up and like they're all like cartoon characters or the fact that the principal calls them like the untalented gays yeah like. yeah i mean you you kind of <laughs> have to you figure it out you know um but there's definitely a learning curve because even in my audience i could hear them people kind of like halfway kind of like is that a joke and then by the <laughs> like by about you know a third of the way through they're kind of like let you know loosened up and stuff so um yeah it was kind of fun you're gonna have to you're yeah. definitely gonna have my, to just let it go maybe have a drink first my, my frame of reference was like heathers like yeah which was also like very dark. just tonally out there and very dark and like had a very specific language and world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and you know just understanding that like oh like we're going there we're, we're bringing pipe bombs or p- bombs into this mm-hmm. situation like okay i'm gonna yes and this um 
And I think, I think Jeff, once I was introduced to Jeff and like how the school reacted to Jeff and like the whole, like this rivalry, like, uh, I was like, okay, like I, I understand like the level of satire where we're going to sit. Um, so that, yeah, and then everything else, or or you know his and then his, or his lackey, his lackey's name is like Funk or something. It's like okay, those are Fowler. kind of like the most out there, mm-hmm. um, just kind of these like goonish, you know, jock characters. Uh, and then you know, I get it. Like, I will, I will <laughs> buy what you are selling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And something that I really enjoyed was that, like, this film, like, there's a story happening. But there's just as much happening in every single background shot. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I found most, most like for a lot of the movie, I was kind of overwhelmed because I was trying to figure out what was going on in the background too. Right? Yeah, like, there the are always doing like random shit in the back. There's like people like always staring or like there's like so many just like there's Easter eggs. There's a lot. So it's, I think it is one of those. Besides it being really funny, it pays off to watch it multiple times. <laughs> we want this movie to do well, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't say it's a perfect film, but I just don't have anything yeah. I'd really change. Yeah, I mean, for me, the cringe, like, I personally, I'm not the biggest fan of cringe, but mm-hmm. I do enjoy it, right? Like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, it's not pleasant, but it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and this film definitely had a lot of that. And mm-hmm. I think maybe part of it is just like, I'm older now, so now I'm like seeing kids be dumb hurts me a little bit but yeah <laughs> um i don't know i feel like it does feel like a pretty like on point teen movie for the new generation and mm-hmm. like yeah like i think i think like han said like you know i really don't have a lot of like critiques about this film i, I really enjoyed it but at the same time like man it do, it is uncomfortable to watch like just <laughs> dumb horny kids being terrible to each other too mm-hmm uh, but I mean, um, that's kind of I, the point, only, right? Yeah, my, my only like weird hiccup was like just pacing movie or like the when we're introduced to um, their gay Yoda mentor, mm-hmm. play, Rhodes, played by Punky Johnson. Like I, I enjoy Punky Johnson, but I'm just like that did seem I can see out that. of nowhere. This uh, didn't and, like, need they adults. didn't give I'm, her. Yeah, not even Marshawn Lynch. I mean, well, teachers, yeah, but like I feel like. If if it wants to be a teen movie, it just like it just shouldn't have any parents, right? I, and I guess she's not really a parent; she's just like a a mentor figure. But it was a little like. No, like, I, I I agree with that. Place, I right? I think I forgot her character honestly. So yeah, it probably didn't need to have that person. Um, if, if if it was a fantasy sequence where she she came to a realization, that would still fit this movie. I think. Yeah, but. Um, I got to say, the set pieces in this film also just top notch. I think we'll talk more about it in our spoiler zone because, mm-hmm. like, the climax is just the most, like, you thought this film was unhinged, but you weren't ready for, like, the last 20 minutes of this film. It is just the most, I'm still trying to, like, figure out if all that was real, if it really happened. <laughs> Something else the film did really well was, I, I just, you know, teen movies, the most iconic ones have great music direction. Yes. And this film had a lot of great music, but nothing prepared me for like the millennial Avril Lavigne drop in the middle of it, in, in, in like the third act. It kind of took me by surprise because this was like, 
I did not expect the throwback song in this film because this right. seems like a film made for not my generation, you know? Oh, I I mean, I was taken all the way back. Um, I from what I observe on TikTok, it's they like all of these bands mm. ironically and then not ironically. Um, sure. I can see that. Because everything comes back in a cycle. But yeah, I mean that was like the only song I really recognized. So I was like, I held on to that like a comforting blanket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart also. I think that was an interesting one. That's true. <laughs> that so. did happen too. Oh, yes. <laughs> so we got our 80s, yeah, we got again, our 2000s. It's like internet culture, right? Uh-huh. I think these songs are like big memes. Um, and And that's, again, a big part of like Vine sensibility, you know, or like really intense, weird heightened snippets of comedy tiktok same thing i think that's just kind of like the tone in which they operate yeah and just to bring it back to like the cast like il edibiri is just having such a great mm-hmm. year right just few yeah. years actually like i know but this like this very concentrated this summer year, she's been having what is it four things so far um theater camp Bear, this, and something else. Like. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yes, Ninja Turtles. Yes. And she's fabulous in all of them. Yes. And it sucks that, you know, the stupid AMTMP won't negotiate, so she can't really, you know, Do enjoy you- the triumph of her summer, of this yeah. summer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she also was at the Beyonce concert. It was looking really great. So I think <laughs> she's also, she will be fine, and we will celebrate her and her next four amazing starring roles in a short amount of time because she's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like just the way she could play in all these four different movies Such range, and do right? it so like, well. Mm-hmm. She's so funny in all of them and so great in all of them. Although I was and, struggling uh, yeah, to like, see her as like a high school kid at points. I mean, I because I, I think this is kind of in the tradition of these high school comedies where they definitely age up. And so that way maybe things don't feel as weird. Are, are gross. So everyone was in their 20s, well into their 20s. Um, a few of them were a little bit younger, but most were in like mid to upper 20s, I think. So Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, we still have a little bit more to talk about, but we'll save that for our spoiler zone for those of you who have not watched the film yet. But before we get to that, um, I guess what's our final verdict? Is Bottoms good pop? Yes, more movies uh, for and about young women by younger filmmakers and artists and just more com- more weird comedies that just kind of let you, you know, swing for the fences. I'm tired of all the same boring stuff. More of this. Yes. Um, this is one where I want to see it again immediately after I saw it. Um, support this film. Go watch it just because we want more of these. But also just like because it's so weird and because of the way they that characterize people, I really enjoy having something mm. out there that allows people to be, well, ugly in or at least in the way that they say. So it's like kind of like the more of this that's out there, the more variety we get for um, characterizations and people on screen. All good. Yeah, I also think it's great pop. Um, it's probably the most fun I've had in a theater since Ninja Turtles, I guess, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Um, yeah, I had a great time. Um, it's cringe, high school, horny comedy at its finest. And the fact that it stars women, queer women, or queer women characters. I don't want uh, do are to... The, are the actors queer? Do we know? Uh, you mean Rachel Senate is Emma... 
the the director writer director um who who, who Rachel Sunday works with who did Shiva Baby is mm-hmm. I'm not sure about Io but I think a lot of them are Havana Rose um, Lou is she's pansexual yes yeah right yes. so like so. You no know, starring um about and made by you know women mm-hmm. of all backgrounds and sexual orientations I feel like this is I do I sincerely hope that Hollywood I know they have their problems right now, but I do hope that the pe- the people running things take the right lessons from. You this know, film. they're not. <laughs> they're not. They they saw the Barbie movie and they're like, yes, more toy movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, and it's great because this is a LGBTQ film that isn't like, you know, moralistic or like about being gay necessarily. Right. It's just it's- like two gay horny teenagers trying yeah. to get laid. Yeah, and it's not treated like a big deal. Um. And and they get to be kind of just messy and gross and stupid, but also very sweet and romantic at the same time. Um, it it's great. This is this is the future we want. Yeah. And with that, that'll do it for a regular discussion of bottoms. Um, stick around for our spoiler zone. But before we get there, um, Jess Han, where can where can people find you on the internet these days? I'm on the Good Pop Culture Club. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still at Hanonymous everywhere, and maybe I'm act- I'll be active soon. We'll see. Right. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Marvin. Yeah, you can find our show at Good Pop Club. We are a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Uh, check out our fellow Asian American host of podcasts by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. And yeah, stay tuned for our bottom spoiler zone. Um, until next time, we'll see you later. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Podcast Asians in Baseball alongside Naomi Ko and Scott Okamoto. Asians in Baseball is exactly what it sounds like a podcast about the Asian and Asian Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Americans in Major League Baseball. Every week, we break down the highlights of what's going on with Asians in Baseball and then take a deeper dive into the Asian and Asian Americans past and present who have shaped baseball as it is today. Whether you're Kim Ang's number one fan or you've never even heard of Hideo Nomo, we've got something for everyone especially for the Shohei Otani stands. Maybe too much for the Shohei Otani stands. Listen to Asians in Baseball wherever you get podcasts, part of the Potluck Podcast Collective. All right. Um, I don't know how long the spoiler zone will be, but there are some things (laughs) I want to talk to you guys about the final (laughs) act of this film because it is so unhinged. So... Um, starting now, this is our Bottoms Spoiler Zone. All our discussion for the next few minutes will be about the entire plot of Bottoms, including that very, very, very insane ending sequence. Um, so I guess the first thing I want to ask is, man, they really just killed all those football players, didn't they? They killed a bunch of football players, but they weren't the football players were about to kill them. It was actually self-defense. <laughs> Which, you know, they fulfilled their club's destiny. Yeah, when they went back in the history and they found out, like, the Huntington High School has a history of, like, lynching characters, uh, uh, like, players on the other team. I was just like, that's dark. And so once the 
first person had his head impaled, I was like, okay, I'm down with this. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that whole thing about like Huntington stalking students and like murdering football players i was like okay like we've gone officially into cartoon zone like these are just cartoonist villains and like i should not have any expectations that this any of this film is grounded in reality yes uh these yeah these we do not support murder um but here sure (laughs) in this movie is this cathartic? Just some really, really funny sight gags in that yes. in that scene too. Just like Ioe DeBerry's, you know, Josie just like very casually carrying Jeff around the field like he weighs <laughs> nothing. Uh, really made me laugh. Or even her um, discovering the plot, right? What is what is their grand plot to murder the pineapple the football juice? Players? It's like pineapple juice because Jeff is apparently very deathly allergic to pineapple. I was so happy with that because usually it's like the usual allergy, and I am allergic to pineapples. So I was, I was, what? so I was happy to have representation on the screen. Did you relate to the poster that they made a production designer make that was? Pineapples are worse than pineapples drugs. worse than drugs. Yeah, I love that. Um, I mean, if it was bananas, that would be even better because bananas actually are really bad for me. Pineapple, I could probably kind of like get away with having like a tiny bit of juice, but it won't kill me. So anyone who's trying to like Agatha Christie me, sorry, you can't use pineapple juice for it. It will make me sick though. That was a plot point in um, Glass, Onion. Glass Onion too, yes. right? Is a pineapple allergy that? Common. I feel like stone fruit allergies are worse. You should uh, right? ask ask Raymond if he's also allergic to pineapple juice because he's um he and I are he's not but he's allergic to bananas. Yes. Oh, he and I. Is that like a Southeast Asian thing? Southeast Asians. Uh, I hear there are a lot more people who are in tropical areas who are allergic to bananas. So that might be the case. Wow. Yeah. Where yeah. there are. So ironic. Pineapple allergies are actually quite rare, affecting less than one percent of the global population. I'm part of the one wow, percent. So special. <laughs> yeah, you should buy a lotto ticket. <sighs> or is it an oral allergy syndrome, which you know that can develop with a lot of different fruits, and I guess pineapple is one of them. But yeah, I guess Jeff wasn't one of the, is in that one percent that is like severely allergic. I mean, he got tapped by a car and like crumpled. So I imagine his pineapple allergy is that. I think was him being a little bitch, um, because you <laughs> yeah. know Isabel was avoiding him. Uh, the the um, the random um, the, the weird plot point of him like sleeping with uh, it, Hazel's mom yeah. a little strange, maybe unnecessary. Yeah, I mean. I know, I get what they were doing there, but it did seem like, I I think this is where we get into the area when it comes to adults. Yeah, I mean, this film was just so unhinged. I was just like, I'm, you know, you're giving me jokes per minute. Like, I'll allow you a couple that don't land as well, right? Yeah, so I was fine with that, but it was just also kind of like, uh, I don't know, like it's her whole mom character, I, that's who I was kind of like, I don't know who, how I feel about this. This one just didn't need adults. It yeah. just should have been yes, about these I kids being that. dumb with each other and yeah. like murdering. With, because- with the exception of Marshawn Lynch, he's, yeah, he's you, not an you, adult. You need the teacher, <laughs> plus he's not an adult. Yeah, he's, he is a giant <laughs> man child who like is... <laughs> He's great. Um, I want to see him in more stuff. I wonder how much like I heard. I read that he improvised most, most of his lines. Which... Yeah, what well, they did have an outtake later that you could see 
that that was really him being funny. Um, <laughs> I, I am curious to see, like, I assume they did script the line where he was talking about the Holocaust and he's like, yes, it happened. Um, <laughs> when that student's like trying to put, like say, Hey, you know, but, uh, yeah, no, if, if the whole thing was just like, kind of like peanuts and all the adults were, wah, 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 I would have been fine. Yeah. But, uh, I do wish we got more, like we got a lot of development with like, um, with Hazel Rose Lou's character with, um, Ruby Cruz's character, but not as much with the other members of like the other members of the fight club were all kind of more caricatures. Yeah. And there was that throwaway line, the final act where, um, I don't know who the who was the the other black girl, but they're like, "Oh, you're a black Republican," and I'm like, "I wish we saw more of that." Right? Yeah, because that they, took me by surprise. <laughs> it was a really good quote because she's like, "Hey, so and so, you're the smartest of all of us, even though you're a black Republican." Um, so that was like, oh, I was like, "Ooh," but it's yeah. like it's so true. <laughs> but I kind of wish we saw her yeah. do like say more like you know like yeah. black Republican things, right? Yeah, I didn't know anything about that until they said that line. So yeah. yes, you're correct. Um, it was funny, but I do wish it, more of that it, character came out. It's a, I get it. It's just short film, so there's only so much we can get. But yes, that like I wouldn't have minded if they had filmed an extra bit with these people and just like released, you know, a scene or two. Yeah. <laughs> um. After the fact, or even maybe in the outtakes. <laughs> outtakes for all comedies, please. Thank you. I did like the fact that like the mascot had a big old cock. Man. Oh my god, I totally missed that. <laughs> this uh, high school is very obsessed with dicks. I I like the fa- I like my favorite one of my favorite sight gags, like throwaway sight gags is the football players eat in front of a mural of a, the touch of God, but it's a football being handed <laughs> from God to man. Yeah. Um oh just like so random. The movie's so fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that the mascot sword was a real sword. Yes. Well, that's how you can kill people. Yeah. Um, yes. God, that final act was so, like, there's so much blood, too. Like. I, I definitely need to watch this again. Like, <laughs> I I didn't, like, look as I much. I missed the mascot cock. Mm-hmm. I need to watch. Yeah. I, like, I caught it by accident because, like, the, the final scene, the mascot runs out and you see his tail. But you also see something else in front of it. I'm like. Interesting. That's a cock. Interesting. That is a dick on that mascot. Even I can get something from a second screening of this. <laughs> yeah, definitely a film. I don't know if I will watch it a second time, but if it's on, I'll leave yeah. it on. You know, it it it, it is um, as you were saying, Jess. Uh, like you were going to watch this a lot in in college or multiple times among friends. So I, I would definitely do that. Yeah, it's just it's this generation's super bad. But like, Ex- except superior. I didn't like super bad. Yeah, I th- I. I like this so much better. I feel like Superbad and Booksmart were very similar movies. Mm. And they were all, and they were both kind of okay for me. Um, yeah, but I mean but in terms of like I the like. quotable. Yes, like, yes. It's, it's yeah. of the you same know, vein, like... for sure. <laughs> for sure. I think this one is weirder, weird, and it its weirdness will lend itself to more cult status. Yes, yeah. All right. I mean, I just really wanted to talk about that final act because, like, <laughs> it was just so much. They did. Sensory overload. <laughs> I guess they're dead. I guess that's just, you know, I believe it. That's fine. I think it, it's it's fine. They were, they were. 
they, buttholes yeah, who are going to kill a bunch of people. They were they, there to murder. They did exactly like the you right know, thing was at the very end. They showed the the carnage of the whole battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that like the um the entire student body was okay with it. That's pretty yeah. cool too. Yeah. You know, school spirit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I guess with that, that'll wrap up our spoiler zone for Bottoms. Um, Yeah, great flick. You should go watch it. I think it's actually tracking to do pretty well. So Mm -hmm. hopefully, yeah, hopefully we get more films like this, but not exactly this. I want more films that like try to do different things. (laughs) All right. With that, thanks for listening and we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.